0: Join me on Facebook Live if you can for the next 15 or 20 so, because we are off to Gig Harbor in Washington to meet the westbound rower and founder of NGO Around and Over, Erdun Erich, in conjunction with Hong Kong's Ocean Recovery Alliance, this multi-world record-holding rower. He is about to take on the Great Pacific Challenge, so join us on Facebook Live now and we will find out exactly what that Great Pacific Challenge is. Good evening, all the way from Washington. How are you? I
1: am well. Glad to be on this show.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Well, um, we we um, met through a mutual friend who's doing his bit at this end. That is, of course, Doug Woodring from uh, Ocean Recovery Alliance. Why don't you just do a little scene setter first, and then we'll talk about great big rowing boats.
1: Sure. Uh, I met Doug Woodring uh, if a few years ago through the turkish olympic committee yeah he was doing some plastic reduction work for them for their great phosphorus swimming event Mm. and uh his focus is on drawing attention to plastics in our oceans specifically okay and as an ambassador for the ocean recovery alliance i will be highlighting that during my crossing
0: okay well i left my notes this morning saying uh you're going to be rowing solo from there to here and then i said we'll find out why and obviously apart from personal (laughs) goals and personal gains but as i said you've got a good few records under your belt tell us the why is behind this one apart from doing good for the planet
1: sure uh I had a dream to go around the world by human power yeah. and that evolved into a circumnavigation by human power. And uh, when I lost a friend while rock climbing together, mm-hmm. it became the impetus for me to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, between 2007 and 2012, I completed a uh, the first solo circumnavigation by human power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I established 14 Guinness world records in the process. Gosh. And, okay, what uh, kind
0: of things, were the, what were they for? I mean, I know there's a lot, but okay, an uh, example.
1: Well, uh, the first one, the the obvious one is the first solo circumnavigation by human power, uh, as per Guinness Book of World Records. Yep. First person to have rode the three major oceans. I hold a career record for uh, days at sea solo uh, for an ocean rover. That's 844 days. hmm uh, I have the distance records, both overall and solo. I have two ocean crossings, uh, two uh, uh, rows with another person, yeah. two-person rows. So those included, it's an overall record as well. So when I leave...
0: We get the picture, from, by the way. That's, that's quite a list so far.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I launch from Crescent City, a week later I will get the overall total of days which is then stand, which stands at 937 days right uh, belongs to British Peter Bird, who was lost at sea yeah okay. and uh so I will overtake that as well match his commitment and uh, after that every day at sea is a new record
0: all right well let's talk uh, about we'll never complain no you bet let's talk <laughs> about how you're going to do this if you have joined us on Facebook live right now you'll see an aerial shot of his boat now this ain't no ordinary boat is it why don't you describe what we're looking at here for those that aren't watching
1: this is a 7.1 meter robot. It is designed for ocean crossings. Mm-hmm. It is a self riding self-bailing vessel. That if the deck fills with water, it will vacate. The deck is covered. Uh, and if it tips over, it will ride itself. And it is made to survive these ocean crossings. So it is my little oasis. Much like our our Earth is in the big, giant, dark space, Mm -hmm. and we're hurtling through it. So I look at myself as a microcosm of the universe. So I survive. I rely on that boat. I take care of that boat. And my goal is to ensure to encourage everyone to be stewards of our own Earth
0: as well. Well, right now, we're looking at another shot. It's a front shot facing you, rowing. Now, this is a huge craft, relatively speaking. I'm wondering how technically it works. Is it kind of hydraulics and stuff, or are you are you actually you to the sea <laughs> rowing? What's the deal?
1: I, I am actually rowing. That's and, uh, correcting course as I go. I research my routes. Uh, currents, winds, and swells influence my... Uh, course yeah and uh, I have designed my route ahead of time and I, my fight is to stay on that route mm. so uh, then uh, the rowing adds miles I typically cover about 30 miles a day when with currents and swells that can go up to 50 miles a day and uh, the the day is... Well, uh, let's talk about the boat some more. Uh, It's got a 12-volt system. It has solar panels. We added more solar panels. I have about 300 watts of solar charging capacity on my rowboat right now, Mm -hmm. and it has a desalination unit. That's an electric unit that makes fresh water from salt water. I use that water to replenish myself and to boil and to reconstitute freeze-dried foods, which is my main staple as food goes. Uh, and uh, I will have all sorts of communications gear on board: satellite phone and satellite modem, the end terminal. I should be able to uh, share nice blog entries from the sea. Hmm. And in fact, we are going to make sure to cover various topics at sea uh, in uh, collaboration with Ocean Recovery Alliance. Yep, uh, and have a a rich blog that'll have educational value and uh, that'll also be presented in Chinese. Uh, so uh, people both in US and in Hong Kong and mainland you, China. You've got it US.
0: covered. Just one question before we leave the actual boat itself. What I meant is, is your power magnified in any way? No. Before it hits the sea, just, no, it's incredible. This is ores. a huge just piece ores. of kit. Tell yeah. me, tell me a bit about training. Obviously, you're a massively experienced rower, um, but you cannot overcook yourself when you're on this journey. Otherwise, it's curtains, right? So, how do you how do you pitch the day?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, I cannot be uh, in shape to row <laughs> 24 hours a day no. on launch. So, I need to be as fit as possible before I start. And uh, because there's so much more still to be done, I can't be training every day, all day. Um, but I am as ready as, as fit as can be. And uh, after I launch, the first two weeks are important. I cannot be injured. And then I do not expect four, uh, performance for four to six weeks. So my goal is to actually be mindful of my body position, my stroke, my posture, all of it and every stroke counts on the first two weeks out to six weeks or so. After that, it's... All bets are off.
0: Yeah, well, you're not against the clock on this, I'm assuming, are you?
1: I am not. I live out there. I do not race out there. However, uh, as soon as I launch from Crescent City, I am going to have to get past this cape called Cape Mendocino, 80 miles south of me. And this... uh, cape is going to be on my lee shores this uh is going to be threatening me so i need to look for a lull in the winds to set off we are now
0: we are now looking at a map yeah of your route Mm -hmm. it looks like a beautiful curve obviously that's That's the plan. Do you just want to talk us through a little bit? I mean, you started talking about capes, etc. We're looking. If you join us on Facebook Live, if you want to see a bit more detail about what Odin is up to, uh, just talk me through a little bit of the route, if you would. Anything that so uh,
1: Crescent City is uh, in northern California, near the border of Oregon and Mm -hmm. California, and I will leave from there. And once I get past Cape Mendocino, 80 miles out, uh, within two days, I will be past that the shoreline will start retreating due southeast. Right. And that's going to give me more room, more breathing room uh, to be out in the open. And, and that means onshore effects, the winds that get accelerated sucked into hot sure. land hmm. will subside and I will be more in trade winds. So I will then uh, route myself toward Hawaii. Yeah. I will pass north of Hawaii, approximately
0: how long would this will this bit take kind of ballpark
1: so uh, reaching Hawaii if, when I leave mid-june I should be um, past Hawaii in end of August time frame mm-hmm. uh, possibly in September then I need to pace myself I will descend down to about 20 north and stay there uh, it,
0: it kind of looks like a flat line ish across the bit you're mentioning now doesn't
1: mm-hmm. it of course Well, the surface of the earth is spherical so as i travel on 20 north that's not necessarily a uh flat line it will have a curve to it sure
0: sure sure detail really
1: and then (laughs) (laughs) and uh, my goal though is to not move too quickly due west i need to avoid passing the longitude of marianas before january yes uh i do not want to get there too early uh november october november will be the time for strong typhoons and i might get consumed by one okay well see
0: sea wise where are the sticky spots you mentioned marianas just now
1: The sticky spot for me is going to be actually Luzon Strait and the bit between Luzon Strait and Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Kuroshio current comes, and uh, the North Equatorial current meets Philippines and then directs northbound, becomes Kuroshio current that runs east of Taiwan and onward. Right, Mm -hmm. so. Part of that current flows past the Luzon Strait and creates this massive eddy, just west of Luzon Strait between Hong Kong and Luzon Strait. Yeah. So uh, that is a clockwise eddy that's about 200 miles in diameter and runs about two three knots in speed. So I need to enter that at about two o'clock, northeast mm-hmm. of the corner of it, swing around with it and exit it at about 10, 11 o'clock.
0: I was going to ask you just now, do things get a bit trickier the nearer you get to Asia? I mean, you've kind of of answered yes to that
1: one. Oh, yes. It's it's not going to be easy. I have a very low horsepower vessel. (laughs) And there's little I can do when the ocean decides to take me places. Mm -hmm. So I need to... uh, use that eddy to my advantage and pray that the winds will subside just enough for me to have a chance and the current between that eddy and hong kong sometimes reverses the northeast okay well, if i get that break i will make it to hong kong
0: one kind of gloomy question just one um yes what kind of oversight do you have you being monitored etc i mean the philippines has been known for for piracy etc cetera, etc cetera. you you totally yeah. and utterly know this i'm just curious what you know who's yeah. watching you
1: the, i have a tracking device and the world is going to be watching me on Good. our tracking page i have an e i can call announced that I need help okay uh, various devices that I have I can uh, initiate SOS buttons on them
0: yeah
1: uh, so all of these things are fine but if I am confronted by piracy that's an immediate concern and uh, while the help mobilizes things will happen so-
0: you, you have everything covered. I mean, you totally, you totally have everything covered here. I mean, I don't believe it gets more experienced than you in this area. So, I mean, do you, you check, you double check, you 13 times check. I guess that's the yes. way like a pilot does, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, one has to uh, go through various scenarios and uh, do a risk analysis, try to understand the dangers that exist and the likelihood of meeting them, encountering them and then prioritize. Uh, You have to have solutions and have a checklist ready in your mind at least to decide what you're going to do if you encounter that.
0: Right, Uh, Erdan is the great, he's the westbound rower. And I wanna talk a little bit now about one, the great Pacific challenge, uh, but tie it in with the actual work that you're doing with Doug and the Ocean Recovery Alliance guys, the out of boat stuff if you would for a couple of minutes. Of
1: course.
0: Just, just fill us in on uh, the kind of uh, the so, initiatives. Yeah.
1: So, yes, uh, what, what, what we're doing is uh, to highlight the plastics problem in our oceans. We want to create a, an educational program yeah. and include some science in this as well. So they will have the resources on land to be able to link and provide links and educational content for us as I encounter things at sea and uh, we will have topics to cover. I will also be trailing a hydrophone to uh, document the range of beaked whales. We have a NOAA scientist that's in need of data. Mm -hmm. They have data along California shores, Hawaii, and Marianas, but nothing in between. So until Luzon Strait, I will gather sound data and turn that over to them. I will. Uh, th- so th- that's one of the scientific uh, initiatives that we have going right now.
0: Right. Well, we're now looking at a picture on our Facebook live feed. A few more minutes. Join us if you can. Of um, your view, if you like, from the boat. Does the boat have a name?
1: The boat came to me as Calderdale from UK, a okay. mother daughter team rode it across the atlantic last so okay. i haven't changed the name
0: okay brilliant well we're looking the... for
1: a na- boat sponsor to name
0: it <laughs> yeah well that's that's that would be really cool we've got a bow view here and on the dial in front of you it says around and over now i can't leave you without you explaining to me what around and over your uh, initiative is all about
1: yes uh before i started my uh, uh circumnavigation we set up the nonprofit organization around and over to educate and inspire especially children mm-hmm. and we've carried out educational programs raised funds uh, helped uh, students in rural schools boarding schools in rural turkey uh, these are primary school students yeah and uh, uh dedicated the whole effort into education and talking about plastics is also part of my educational mission mm-hmm. so it dovetails nicely and uh, it give me gives us a framework to handle the finances of this expedition as well mm. uh, it, we get tax deductions that uh, benefits uh, when donations come in all of these are good things when dealing with the irs internal revenue service yeah <laughs> no kidding
0: no kidding especially in in your country uh, at this point give us a couple of websites facebook pages anything you'd like our listeners and viewers to go to
1: Sure. Erdeneruch.com, E-R-D-E-N-E-R-U-C.com, westboundrover.com, is yep. forwards to Erdeneruch.com. Uh, we definitely want to look up uh, Ocean Recovery Alliance, oceanrecover.org Yeah. Um, yeah, let's stick with those.
0: I think that's enough to be going with for the time being. Okay, two final questions. Um, when do you kind of think you might, well, you will obviously hit Hong Kong,
1: March 2022 is my best estimate. Fantastic. If I get to Mariana's in January, that's about two months for me to clear Luzon Strait and be in the South China Sea aiming for Hong Kong.
0: Okay, finally, just a bit of personal stuff. I mean, you have taken this skill to the top. You've turned it up to 11. As a kid, what was your first rowing experience?
1: I did not row officially until uh, I got to Seattle in 1999. By then I had decided that kid, I was going then. to go run. <laughs> I was a big kid, yes, never yeah. grew up. What was the story? Uh, uh, well, uh, when uh, in 1997, working in an office, I traced my finger across a world map and I said, what if, and that was the end of it. So I had to figure out a way to cross the blue oceans I came across Ocean Rowing Society in London, and I then eventually got a robot through them. They used robot, and that's the same robot I'm going to be using. And uh, that's how it started.
0: Um, uh, I realize hmm. it's that simple, but this is... This is the real sort of top end of, of rowing. It's not just like going to the park and going, uh, yeah. going around so a bit, is it?
1: <laughs> when I decided that I was going to use a rowboat to, to get across the oceans, I picked up rowing seriously. My first row was in 2006 across the Atlantic Ocean from Canary Islands to Guadeloupe, And yep. then during my circumnavigation, I crossed, I rowed the three oceans, the South Atlantic eventually from Namibia to Venezuela to Louisiana, so that's uh, really the big
0: one. We have so much more to talk about. Hopefully, in the future, it'd be wonderful to try and catch up with you on your sat phone or or whatever when you when you get back in, because it's 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 just great to follow somebody on a journey like this. Big thanks to Doug Woodring from Ocean Recovery Alliance for hooking us up, Um, and thanks to you guys for doing such wonderful work. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you soon and uh, Bon voyage for June, huh? Thank you.
1: Let's connect from the ocean.
0: You got it. Bye bye.